Hey, I'm Megan Copeland. And I'm Kendra Bartlett, and this is the His Beloved of Texas podcast. So we're two moms that live across the street from each other. Together, we have 10 kids, and we love our Catholic faith. We lead a women's group in Austin, Texas called His Beloved of Texas, where our goal is just to bring women to sit at the feet of Jesus. This podcast was born out of the pandemic. We were stuck at home and still wanted to minister, and so we decided to start sharing stories of how God has worked in our lives and in the lives of our friends. And here we are today, season three. Three. And our hope for this podcast is that you hear stories of joy, stories of heartache, but through all of it, you see Jesus and you know that there's hope. There's hope for us because God is walking every step of the way. We laugh, we cry, we say some crazy things. What is the thing you want to tell us, Kendra? Oh, I really enjoy folding fitted sheets. (laughs) And I think that's crazy. (laughs) We're so glad you're here. Join us. Hey guys, welcome back to the His Beloved of Texas podcast. I'm Megan, and we are continuing our series on the Eucharistic Revival. If you haven't heard, it's some exciting news. Kendra and I are real pumped about this. The bishops have called for a three-year Eucharistic Revival in America, and it will begin on June 16th, the Feast of Corpus Christi. And the plan is that the first year will be a diocesan-wide event um, we will have big adoration nights and worship nights, which is what we do at His Beloved. So exciting. And there will be Eucharistic processions through the streets and maybe even the streets of downtown cities. Can you imagine processing Jesus through the streets of Austin and Dallas and New York City and all these beautiful places? And then the second year will be a parish level And they are asking the laity to step up and help their priests to preach this message and to get people excited. And then the third level, the third year is small groups and families. Like it starts out really big and it goes small and it goes to real change, like day-to-day life change. goes from big events to how can we daily believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist and share that with the people all around us. So we are doing um, a series with priests from our area, and today we have Father Will Rooney on the show again. He was here during Holy Week, and we had so much fun with him last time. And we didn't get to hear his vocation story today because we already heard it. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, you can. But we, of course, ask him some silly questions. And Kendra and Father Will are very close friends because he is her Benedict's godfather. And he just shows up at our house randomly. And we love that. And um, you're going to love Father Will. And he is a very deep thinker, I realize, on this episode. He's a little St. Thomas Aquinas-ish, and I liked that. So we got to ask him some questions, and he really gave us some thoughtful answers. And one in particular that Kendra asked is, what if we have doubts? What if it's not easy to feel the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist? Like I always think about the disciples on the road to Emmaus and how their hearts were burning within them. They knew that Jesus was present Well, actually, they didn't know, right? But they knew that there was a burning in their hearts. And they didn't recognize that it was him until the breaking of the bread. And I always feel like I have that burning in my heart when I experience Jesus in the Eucharist. But what if you don't? What if you don't feel that? Does that mean we stop going? Does that mean it's not real? What does that mean? And what can we do if you maybe love someone who has doubts? Or maybe you have doubts yourself? Like, this is... This is a place for you, and we're really glad you're here. Oh, also, really, really, really big deal. We are preparing for our next His Beloved Women's Night of Adoration. It will be called Set Free, and it's going to be at St. John Vianney in Round Rock, Texas on February 18th at 6 o'clock. And we will have adoration and worship led by the wonderful James Longoria, and then Kendra and I get to be the speakers And it's going to be just a beautiful night of breaking free chains. And we're going to have confession and healing prayer teams. It's going to be fantastic. And I hope you will join us there. You can get tickets on our website, hisbelovedoftexas.com. And dinner will be included. This event is for all ages, uh, teenage girls up to grandmothers and beyond. We want you here. Uh, Single, married, women with children, women without children, 
everyone has a place at this event and we hope to see you to worship with you to build community all right guys Hey, Kendra. Hi, Megan. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I feel like we just did this. We did. Like yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Whenever we do what's God doing in your heart, there's yeah. going to be like nothing for us. We'll just point that at Father Right, Will. right, right, right. right. Oh, so, but I'm still, I'm still on a high from just like, I get to be in the same room as Megan finally yeah, and talk. Two weeks. Right, right. Two weeks of no, no being together. So, but today we have one of our favorite guests. Yes. You want to introduce him? Father Will! Yay! Da, 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 da. Yeah, there we go. There we go, uh, yes. How are you doing, Father Will? I'm doing well, Kendra. How are you? I'm good. How's How are you your, your Christmas season, holidays, oh, all man. that? It's, uh, it, we're recording this on the Epiphany, on the, on the traditional day to celebrate the Epiphany, and it's mm-hmm. been good. So, That's awesome. Um, it was busy. Yeah. Pre-Christmas pre- season is like... Wow. It, especially when Christmas falls on a Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Saturday and Monday are the worst two days for, yeah. for priests because for, it, if it falls. Well, because yeah. then what I thought about is you have Mass on Sunday, right, because yeah. of Christmas Day. But then again, for the Holy Day, you had a Holy Day obligation on Saturday and that's again right. on Sunday the yeah. following week. Right. Well, you start on Friday night, right? Oh, it's Friday Christmas night. Christmas Eve. Yeah. And Christmas. Right. And then Sunday. And, right. And, and then all over again next week. Did you get yeah. to see your family at all? I did. I went uh, for actually. I got three days with them, which is pretty. Oh, good. oh, nice. I mean, it was like well, three nights, but two. It was like two and a half days. You know, mm-hmm. if you like really added up the hours, but it, it was pretty awesome. That's um, good. So uh, my my uh, my brother and my mom and dad live in College Station still. Um, so my brother has three kids now. Yeah. And uh, we all, everyone was there except for my littlest brother. They live up in Ithaca, New York, so it was a little ah. bit too far for them to come down. Um, and they have two small kids. So, That's hard. Um, yeah, it, it'd be, it, it's, it, it gets challenging. Yeah. Quick, right? <laughs> uh, but they, uh, yeah, so we had a good time. Um, my, we, had, we took a picture, um, and five of the eight great-grandchildren that my grandma has <gasps> now oh, were there. Beautiful. It was like, this is, you know, think about them. Um, Whenever I marry a couple, there's like the nuptial blessing, and it's like to, to live to see your children's children, mm, and now yeah. it's like your children's children's children from yeah. my great grandma, and um, yeah, so it's that's so fun. Cool. And I bet you are a fantastic Uncle Will because oh, I've seen sure. you with Kendra's kids and my kids, and you're yeah. a ton of fun with them. <laughs> yeah, I love being Uncle Will. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't really thing. introduce Father Will. Do you want to introduce like who you oh, are? Oh yeah, or? yeah. I'm sitting here thinking everybody knows Father Will because we've had him on before, but. So Father Will, <laughs> he has been in our life since he was in high school. So my husband was his youth minister in College Station. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we got to watch him grow, not only as a human being, but as um, just an amazing person in his spiritual life. And um, and then he is an Aggie as well. <laughs> and then he entered the seminary. And so he is known in our family as um, Uncle Will. So he's our Benedict's godfather. And... Um, we just love having him in our family, so yeah. it's it's just wonderful to have him here with us today again for the second time on our podcast. Yeah. So he was on our podcast during Holy Week, and it was one of the most fun episodes. Yeah. I just oh. adored it. And you are the associate pastor, is that what yeah. you call you? Technically, it's called parochial, parochial vicar. Yes, parochial, parochial vicar. vicar. Yeah, vicar. just be super Catholic or super, <laughs> super, super, yeah. yeah. At uh, St. Mary's Cathedral in yeah. downtown Austin, which That's is right. beautiful and Really a fun experience because you have a different view, I think, of parish life than those of us in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. You have some different programs there, yeah. um, like young adult ministries and Latin mass and just have the school, the school yeah. and, and the bishop there often and some um, different things you get to be a part of, which is really cool. And you have now been a priest for, you'll have your second anniversary in June. Mm-hmm. Is so that right? 19 months now. 19 months, all during the pandemic. <laughs> <It's> like, <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know how long the pandemic is going to keep going. Yeah, yeah. We're going to stop calling it a pandemic. I know. And, and Let's hope you get different. to have some time outside of the yeah, pandemic soon. We, we thought yeah. we were done and uh, here, here comes are. Omicron, right? So, yeah. 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 Well, to, to get us started, I have some fun questions for you. I would expect and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to, to go off of, you know, your tenure as a priest for two years yeah. and, and where your um, ministry mainly is, um, what do you do to relax what do I and do to, to recharge? Awesome. <laughs> do you ever get to relax? Do you ever get to relax? Yeah. I do. Yeah, I do get to relax. Um, let's see. So I have a, a group of uh, priest friends that we get together once a month. 
Um, oh, nice. And then I have a, yeah, so it's like a, that we kind of try and either have dinner or cook dinner together or um, hang out for a day. Um, maybe we go out to like a place like Eagle's Wings. Those people are yeah. just so kind to us. They'll mm. let us use yeah. the place um, out there and, and just hang out and um, be together, have mass and just hang out and yeah. cook. Um, we've also started um, playing disc golf together. Nice. So my mom got me a disc golf bag. For, yes! For, <laughs> that has a cooler, now. of course, inside of the bag. Because part of disc golf is like you, you hold a beer as you're... <laughs> As you're throwing yeah. the disc, right? So, uh, <laughs> you're throwing. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I enjoy it, just being with those guys. Um, I go see my family, yeah. probably once a month, and yeah. and that kind of thing in College yeah. Station. It's relaxing. And you um, come here. Yeah, I come to the Bartlets like, and hang yeah. out. My other family. Next question. Yeah. Okay, so if you could go on any adventure, do anything. Mm anything without any sort of restrictions like you are fit as a fiddle you have all the money you need you don't you know you have all the time off you need yeah. what would you do um that's a really good question uh there's a the the first thing that pops into my mind is i would go um i would go like walk the appalachian trail Ooh. or the pacific rim trail or something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. um and i would uh i would have people accompany me so like mm. like for a week like invite That's someone so cool. to come come with That's me awesome. you know yeah. what i mean um maybe i would go walk the community of santiago yeah, or something that's what like I was that thinking. Yeah. um make a pilgrimage in some way um but I think that's that so that cool. would be that would be one thing that I would really enjoy doing, and yeah. uh, it's very John Paul II of you. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> also, true. it's like uh, it's awesome because I can, uh, as a priest, that's one of the perks of being a priest. Is I, I really we should celebrate mass in the church, but if necessity demands, it, you can celebrate <laughs> mass where, wherever, outside. and so uh, so you can. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it'd be great. You can have mass along yeah. the way. Mass along the way. That would be awesome. We went on a walking pilgrimage recently with Esther, and oh, yeah. she brought along a retired priest, Father Mack. Have you mm-hmm. met Father Mack? No. He's from Louisiana, and he was so full of energy and excitement and so much fun for the kids. Yeah. So we just got to walk along with him and yeah. talk and chat, and he heard confessions. And mm-hmm. like, we need to do this more often. Like yeah. That sounds yeah. like a perfect vacation to me. Yeah. I want to do the Camino. Yeah. But you'd have to have, doesn't it take like three months if you do the whole thing? Well, it depends on like what you, you can do it as short as, um, the shortest one I think is a hundred kilometers. So it's like 60 miles. So you can do (laughs) that. You're going to have to do the math for me. So you can do that in like, uh, yeah, I mean, even if you just did it in like six days or Mm -hmm. it's only 10 miles a day. Yeah. um, But you could do that as fast as like four days and pretty, I mean, you can walk 15 miles a day. Yeah. Not that hard, right? Yeah. Like that's like if you walked uh, half, I mean, 20 minute miles. Yeah. Be done yeah. We did seven off. miles that day with the kids and everything. It's a, a lot of kids, right? It, well, they actually did really well. Tessa slept or prayed the whole time. Like nice. she would put her little hands down and <laughs> pray so when cute. everyone else was praying. It was the cutest thing I've ever seen Aww. in my life. I feel like there was like some special grace because I fully expected to be carrying a screaming kid yeah. for three and a half miles. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that was going to be what it looked like. But yeah, yeah, more than that with kids, I don't think you could do. But yeah. we were pretty proud of ourselves at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very impressive. <laughs> I like, I'm not sure I can make it seven miles. Yeah. One of Chris's core team members walked the Camino, well, part of it. And she met Jim Confusio on the oh, way. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. cool. I know. Like, I met Jesus. Well, the guy who played the guy who played Jesus. Yeah. Esther said awesome. if she was walking and met Jesus, she would like run up and hug him. Like, you're my husband. <laughs> right. <laughs> not really Somebody. Jesus, obviously, yeah. but yeah. it would be hard not to. I think. I know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Jim Caviezel, the image of the yeah, image <laughs> right. Of the Father's glory. See, and now for me, it's Jonathan Rumi is the image of Jesus oh, because the, of the chosen. The chosen. Yeah. And I, that's true. When I see him, I'm like, oh, that's Jesus. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. separate the two in my mind anymore. So I know this is such an interesting thing because right, like we're made in the image and likeness of god so like mm-hmm. there's like when you look at another person you like you really should start to see, see god. jesus right that's true you know what i mean like every yeah. person that you encounter yeah uh, yeah it's kind of an interesting that's that true. is interesting. interesting okay then i don't feel so bad about that yeah <laughs> that's funny okay if you could be a fly in the wall and listen in on any Ooh. person who would you listen in on oh man <laughs> um who would i listen in on a fly on the wall oh that's a harder question um 
Who would I listen to? Because I, 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 I don't know. Like, I might, I might challenge the question because, like, I feel like it would be awkward, super awkward to listen in on someone's conversation without them, like, <laughs> knowing that they were being listened to and different That's things. That's the whole point of being a fly on the wall. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> then I, could I act on the knowledge? Or oh, do yeah. I, do I, you know? Mm, interesting. So, um, like, okay, let's do it this way. Uh, if I could go back in, in history and right. be at a okay, point in that. history and be That's a fly better. on the wall um, without changing anything, um, I think I would want to, um, yeah, I mean, not to be super pious about it or something like that, but I think it would be really, really amazing to be there, like, uh, to kind of, like, be there on, on Easter morning mm-hmm. um, and kind of maybe when it was still dark and just yeah. like hang out on Peter's shoulder and like <laughs> as a fly and be like, yeah. um, yeah. and then kind of do that. Um, that would be a cool, cool thing. Um, if I could speak Italian, <laughs> like Galileo like, uh-huh. and, and, and see what his kind yeah. of deal was and, and, uh, and listen to some of the, his, like his thoughts and things like that. Um, John Paul II mm-hmm. during like the, like maybe going with him on a, uh, on yeah, a, on a, a hike or a hike, ski trip, be, a right? Ski trip, yeah. yeah. Um, that'd be pretty sweet. So yeah, those, those, are, yeah. those are really good options. So um, I think those would be the, the things. And then I guess personally, I, I I would I would find it really fascinating to be able to to go back in history and be at the moment and not affect anything, mm-hmm. but to be able to 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 see. And hear, like the moments when my grandparents met and my parents. Oh, met. oh yeah. Right, like, like Back to the Future, but don't ruin it. Yeah, but don't ruin it. Don't change <laughs> yeah. anything. Right? right, like right. I just like to just see the yeah. the like um, see that and um, that's I don't good. know. So. That's really cute. I like that too. I like that too. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I don't think I would want to be able to like hear someone's conversations because then I might think badly about them. Yeah, <laughs> that's don't. true. <laughs> but I would be really interested. This is weird. This might be creepy. I. <laughs> this might be creepy. How creepy am I? I would. I want to hear how people interact with God. Mm. Like some of those saints who had just beautiful mystical experiences. Yeah. Like I want to hear what that sounded like in their hearts and in their minds. Yeah. And even the ones who had so apparitions. Be a fly in their brain. Yeah, like in their hearts. Is <laughs> yeah, that weird? In their hearts. No, not at all. <laughs> because I'm always amazed to hear like how God speaks to different people. Yeah. And there's even some people today that I'm like, I would love to hear like inside mm. Esther when Esther goes. <laughs> like what's yeah, happening? That's true. She's having these moments with the Lord. I just think that's beautiful. I like to hear that's that. That's true. That's good. Well, you survived. Good job. The questioning? The questioning. The interrogation. Yeah. The, the, it's like the precursor to it uh, is. the real question. <laughs> <laughs> the warm-up. Yeah, the yeah. warm-up. Yeah. So our goal for these next, I don't know how many podcasts there will be, but was to just shine a light on our love for the Eucharist. And the bishops in America have um, called for a revival, a Eucharistic revival Get out your tents. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that on the Catholic Spirit newspaper on the counter, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, I just love the, those two words together. It just make me so happy. Yeah. So it, it makes me happy, too, because yeah. I think what makes me happy about the word revival is it's not something new. Mm-hmm. We're not calling for a change. No. Yeah. We're not calling for the church to somehow come into the new millennium. Like we're calling back to what is good and what is holy and what is right and what is true. Mm-hmm. And for that to be alive in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's what I hear when I hear Eucharistic revival. Like I want yeah. to love Jesus in the Eucharist the way we were intended to love him mm-hmm. from the beginning. Yeah. Like to me, that's what a revival yeah. signifies. And for me, my, my heart aches for those who choose not to believe or just can't get over the hurdle of they're not seeing what they should believe, you know, those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Um, and my heart aches for them. So to, to be able to, um, for the church to focus on that mm-hmm. very specifically and pointedly, I'm, I'm excited for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm excited for them to come, um, just be re- reawakened or awakened for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. To show forth. To an encounter. Yeah. Yeah, to really yeah. revivify the the church, yeah. right? Like that that word revival. Uh, you think mm-hmm. about like bringing life back. Mm. Right? Yeah, that's actually um, in the root, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think that that's that's exactly um, yeah. 
I, so I'll admit my ignorance. I haven't read uh, the, the whole document from the bishops, and that's okay uh, right now. Yeah, but okay. but uh, it's um, it just came out. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. came out, yeah. and yeah. Anyways, we just like the title. Yeah. Bishop, Bishop did say that we should read it. So, uh, <laughs> about that. I need to. I need to do that um, in obedience. But um, yeah, just to have you know think about the Eucharist as the kind of the the heart uh, of what we do as Catholics. Um, mm-hmm. Everything flows from it and goes back to it. Yeah. And um, what's yeah. been your journey with the Eucharist? Um, That's a good question. Um, I mean, I, w- I was raised Catholic, so like I, I think as a seven-year-old, when you're told this is the body of Christ, like yeah. you're like, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. You have some questions, maybe, but but uh, you you can kind of um, yeah, just re- re- accept this and um, it just continued to grow in in that knowledge. Um, I don't. I mean, you, you. For me, it was never like I stopped believing that yeah. this was the Eucharist, mm-hmm. like the that this was the body blood soul and divinity mm-hmm. um of our lord jesus christ and for those who might not be catholic or, or may not know like that's what we believe as catholics that yeah um when the priest consecrates the eucharist um this is the body blood soul and divinity of jesus christ here present before us um under the species of bread and wine um so that we can um receive him and participate in his passion right mm-hmm. like and in his resurrection right that's right. shouldn't forget that yeah <laughs> in his passion and his resurrection yeah. um yeah so there was never really a, a time where i would say that i i stopped believing that um what i would say is that there was an increased like deepening of an understanding of what that meant mm. um in my life um what, i mean and i may have shared this on the podcast before but my um my like I never stopped going to church, never was outside the church, but I, um, when I was like in middle school, early high school, it's kind of just like a rough, rough time. Right. And, uh, as, as many (laughs) experience, I think, um, and, uh, mom sent me to a retreat and, uh, on on that retreat, there was Eucharistic adoration and Mm -hmm. in my parish growing up, um, where I met the Bartlett's actually, (laughs) um, the way there was perpetual adoration, um, or, ritual exposition all the time so that's when we have the eucharist present there in the monstrance and you can go and pray um but um this was like a a special moment in my life and it was really in the presence of our lord in the eucharist that um i recognized i needed a savior and that he Mm -hmm. was the savior right and then that took me to confession where i kind of realized okay i need to say sorry and then Mm -hmm. receive that grace and then and and then it's just continued to grow from there. So, yeah. um, I mean, the Eucharist is all like is like a daily. <laughs> what well, it is? It's not like it. It is mm. the the most important thing I do every day as a priest is yeah. to celebrate Mass. And um, I've only missed one day <laughs> since I was ordained a priest, wow. and that was because I had COVID, and I yeah. really, really felt bad that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, the rest of the days Aww. with COVID, I celebrated Mass, but I was just yeah. like I. I was like laying on the couch. Lord, I'm not going to celebrate mass today. And that's, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. There's been so many times I've gone on retreats with kids, with teens, or Steubenville Conference, or DCYC, yeah. things like that. And we'll do the craziest things on those retreats, right? Like we'll play some crazy game where they're like throwing mm-hmm. food at each other and things that we intend to be fun. Memorable. Ex- memorable, right? And I, my favorite thing is to ask, what was the most impactful moment or what was the best moment for you? What was the the most fun? Mm -hmm. And without a doubt, hands down, it's always either adoration or confession. Every single kid. I mean, you, maybe you'll have the one off who's like, my mom made me come. Yeah. (laughs) But like for the most part, like that's what hits them is being in the presence of Jesus. And, and for many, it's the first time and they don't even understand Mm -hmm. what's going on or why we're having, you know, this worship, but they experience him yeah they can feel him even though they don't know yeah which i always think is beautiful like it it transcends our knowledge Mm -hmm. to be in the presence of jesus yeah yeah i mean i think that that's that uh that kind of one of the things that i've uh, over time since that that moment and what you're talking about is that drew me more deeply into like the life of the liturgy Um, Mm -hmm. you know so sunday mass should be like the biggest thing of our week, right? I mean, right. going to, to celebrate mass and, and, um, 
and and be there um, and receive the Lord, right? Yeah. Um, we, you know, one of the things that I, I, it's it's kind of funny sometimes. Um, I love Eucharistic exposition, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and things like that. But we shouldn't forget yeah. that that's pointing us to mm. the reception, right? Uh, yeah. And 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 like, hey, like you get to you not only look but receive, right? Uh, receive Him in, yeah. into yourself right. um, with the same reverence that we do at adoration. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. I know I'm totally guilty of this too, and I even spoke about this at our last His Beloved that like. When when Jesus processes in, or you know, like everybody falls to their knees, and we are one hundred percent all in, and our hearts are prepared, and everything, we don't have that same reverence at Mass on Sunday. Like, I don't have that same sure, reverence yeah. at Mass. I don't have that same feeling of my King is in the room. Like, yeah. and and I think that's a big part of what we want to do with His Beloved is. Um, we say that our adoration on a Saturday night propels us to Mass on Sunday. Amen. Like that, wor- mm-hmm. that yeah. worship should propel us back to receiving Jesus on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that's a big part of the revival, right? Like yeah. let's live out Sunday yeah. as if it's this special occasion that yeah. we only get to have once a year. You know, like that's what every single Sunday should be like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in, in the dailiness of life, it's it's yeah. it's like you're taking care of a kid. Right. And the, and yeah. This one's crying. Even, even, one. even for a priest, right? Like. I would love to have all the altar servers so organized that, you know, they're all there 20 minutes before mass. Sure. And then we have 10 minutes of like a silent sacristy. So I can like think about okay. the fact that we're going to celebrate mass mm-hmm. followed by a five minute prayer. Yeah. Before we go out there. <laughs> right. The reality is sometimes I'm like throwing on the owl as <laughs> we're walking out the door, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, the Lord meets us in our, in our poverty. We're not, we're, we're not monks and we're thankful that we are, right. that there yeah. are monks and sisters who have that ability to pray and they're, right. they're, they're so close to the, the, the Lord that that's their vocation, right? Yeah. Like, is to, to, uh, be in constant prayer in that way. But, um, but nevertheless, to, to really take this thing seriously yeah. and say, we're, what we're doing here is like a, a serious thing yeah. and, uh, mm-hmm. a solemn thing. And that doesn't mean that, um, the priest never, uh, you know, has a joke in his homily or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It, but it does mean that this is like a uh, a moment of profound encounter with the Lord, mm-hmm. receiving him, and then a, being built up into the body mm-hmm. uh, of Christ, right? Um, St. Augustine, um, you know, he talks about how um, that which we normally eat becomes us, right? So, you know, I, I drink water, I eat mm-hmm. food, and that becomes Will Rooney. Right, mm-hmm. like it, it, but the this bread that we eat, and he's using capital B bread, right? Mm-hmm. The Eucharist, um, it it transforms us into it, right? So we're made. The body mm-hmm. of Christ makes the body of Christ in, mm-hmm. in a certain sense. Um, wow! So um, yeah. it's a it's a profound um, mystery. Yeah. Um, so. so to shift shift just a little bit, I was um, thinking about you know what we're going to talk about, and I re- I remember this moment in adoration where I was looking at Jesus in the monstrance and it was like the, the magnification of the host itself just Mm. got so sharp. Um, you know, the cross in it and, Mm -hmm. and just the different textures and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and I just remember like, Jesus, is that really you? Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I really started praying into that and, and God just really led me on this beautiful, I guess, journey of deep seated, trust and faith in, mm-hmm. in knowing that it's really him. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the person that has that encounter in that moment? And maybe that scares them or maybe, um, they don't feel like they can get out of that place. You're talking about question? doubt. Being yeah. Out yeah. Of it a yeah. Place of doubt place of... and the magnification. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I, I mean, <laughs> this I don't I don't want this to to sound bad or anything, but um, right there's been moments where I'm celebrating mass, right? Like I'm like, this is my body, which is given up for you, mm-hmm. right? Um, which will be given up for you. Um, and it's like, do I feel something there? Do I like? Yeah. And the answer sometimes is no, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like an effective move towards mm-hmm. our Lord in that s- standpoint. Um, but you make an act of the will. Right. Like you, you, you say, um, Lord, I can't feel you. I don't, I don't like, I can't add up to this, Mm -hmm. but you said, right. Like, I believe that you're the Lord and you said 
this in the scriptures, right? Yeah. This is my body given up for you. This is my blood, um, which will be shed for you. Yeah. You, you like in John chapter six, you, yeah. you reiterate over and over again. Right, right, these things. right. Um, and I, and then this has been passed down to me over, you know, over the centuries. And yeah. um, you make an act of the will and you keep going back to him and you keep saying, Lord, help me to believe, right? Um, it's the prayer of that um, father who comes to Jesus and asks, um, asks him um, to heal his son. And he said, um, this, the, the father says, if you can, please heal, heal my heal my son mm. and the, jesus is like if i can yeah. do not believe and the, the guy yeah. goes um i do believe help my unbelief right? like, <laughs> yeah. i do believe you know so it's like an act of the will but still recognizing yeah. that there's it, i mean faith and and doubt in that sense can coexist but mm-hmm. the catechism talks about doubt um um and you could you could you could choose to doubt right and, and um, if you choose to doubt, that's a, that's a sin, mm-hmm. right? Like if you like say, I, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I purposely will to doubt this thing, mm-hmm. but if you're, if it's difficult and sometimes the distinction is made between a doubt and a difficulty, right? You look at the host and you're like, well, there's no, it doesn't look like flesh. It doesn't right. taste like flesh. It doesn't smell right. All these things. Um, okay. That it's a difficult, yeah. it's a difficulty, um, there yeah. just like the many disciples left right there was because it was difficult to believe i mean it's acknowledged john chapter six verse 66 yeah right so um and many left um, yeah and he turns to the disciples will you also leave lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life um Mm -hmm. so i think that that's that's fundamentally what we have to do Mm -hmm. um i think practically speaking what that looks like is um not being afraid to like talk to our friends mm-hmm. about the fact that sometimes it's hard to believe, yeah. right? Sometimes yeah. it's difficult. Um, and that, um, you know, the, the desolation, um, thrives in isolation. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah. we, uh, we have this sometimes this tendency to say, well, I'm the only one who thinks this way, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the only one who ever struggles with something like this. I'm mm-hmm. the only one who, and that's, just, this is simply not, not true, true. right? Yeah. I mean, we, it's, it's just not at all yeah. true. So. That's like a playground for the devil. Like mm-hmm. it just gives him control yeah. to be able to yeah. stir that, Absolutely. that doubt even more. But if you say it out loud, yeah, so much of the control is taken yeah. away. At so. least lessons. You reminded me when you were talking about um, when you are celebrating mass with those doubts, there was one of the Eucharistic miracles, and I don't remember who it was, but it was a priest who was having very real doubts. Yeah. And yeah. in the middle of the consecration, the host turned into flesh in his yeah. hand. Yeah. Yeah. And um, his doubts were gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in that moment, his yeah. doubts were gone. Yeah. But I think uh, Eucharistic miracles yeah. are a great place to look at having yeah. doubts because you can't argue with the science. So the science is real and mm-hmm. it. In you know what is it the the miracle of Lassiano, Italy? That's my Where it right? like liquefies every. Well, no, no that, this else. is um, Eucharistic. Um, the Eucharist turned into flesh oh. in years I think like seven hundred ish, and then there was the miracle of Argentina, mm-hmm. and Pope Francis was the bishop who oversaw that uh-huh. in nineteen ninety seven, oh and they did scientific. Um, like CSI studies <laughs> on both pieces. Yeah. And the one from the 700s is still an active piece of flesh and it had the same blood type and mm. the same... Um, Wasn't it um, like a very specific tissue yes. deep within the heart? Yeah, it's a were? tissue of um, the aortic wall, mm-hmm. which is like truly the sacred heart of Jesus being mm. offered to us. Mm-hmm. And it was um, tissue from a man of Middle Eastern descent mm-hmm. who had um, been brutally beaten yeah. before death mm. like that is and and the scientists they sent this to were not believers they yeah. were agnostic yeah. or atheist and they had no idea where it came from they did not know it came out of a catholic church they thought it was a tissue from a human man who mm-hmm. you know just recently died right and, and that was one of the things too is it was it was fresh wow yeah. it was like a fresh yeah. piece of um of tissue Absolutely. and so like when you see that type of true hard evidence mm-hmm. and of course they immediately became catholic <laughs> because how could you not <laughs> yeah, when right. you're presented with this type of um of information yeah. but i think sometimes that can help the doubts and plus it's just really fun to 
research. Yeah, yeah I want to. I want to. It's I. I'm some big big believer in this kind of things. Like it, it's awesome, and they help our faith. Yeah. But I do want to push back on the idea that how could you not? Right. Oh yeah. People I know. I saw <laughs> Jesus heal people yeah. and right. then walked away from him. Yeah. Right. Science is awesome. Like I. I. But it, it also presupposes uh, a trust. Right. Like. Right. And we've. Um, we see that all the time, right? Like there's a trust of like, okay, well, I, can I trust my senses? Can I, and yeah. I mean, like we can, we can doubt. We, this is, this is where the, it's okay to the, doubt. the yeah, this is the real, uh, well, that's the kind of the willed doubt, right? Like I doubt this on, yeah. on purpose, but um, yeah, I mean like uh, you don't have to necessarily believe every Eucharistic miracle that, mm-hmm. that, that's, that, that is a thing you have to, what you have to do is you have to say that I, I make an act of faith, yeah. right? Yeah. That this is, that God is who he says he is and he, that he doesn't tell lies, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. that he's not, um, he's not like, that this isn't all just like a ruse or something like that. Right, and yeah. And so um, I think that that's the invitation of our Lord uh, to us is, is, do you trust me, right? Do you trust me? I'm with you. Do mm-hmm. you trust me? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, so that's my, I, I yeah. just, I just like, I, I think it's important to, to make that caveat because it's possible to mm-hmm. like look at the evidence and say no, mm-hmm. right? To look at the things. Um, we have a predisposition in our society towards like, if it's mathematically or scientifically like proven, um, then it's it's absolutely true. Right. Um, but that presupposes a whole bunch of things that we also have to accept as true, including the existence of an ordered universe which means god yeah right? and uh and so it, science is a huge it, it's it like it helps us to understand god helps yeah. us to, to 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 that kind of thing but it doesn't um ultimately we still have to make an act of faith at the end yeah. of the day yeah um does, it, yeah no, trying makes, to get out right like it does come down to yeah do do i do i do i choose right right um yeah yeah so yeah anyway well science can create skepticism too in people oh they it, can it, automatically yeah. well i don't know if i believe that yeah yeah but there, there has to be a level of yeah well there has to be a level I believe, of trust yeah. like yeah. i trust that i like what you said that that i can that you do not lie and you are who you say you are yeah, yeah. that's yeah i've been um being drawn into the early church fathers and um there, there's a podcast specifically about the early church fathers. This is really cool. He just goes one through, you know, through another, through another. Ooh, and, um, cool. yeah, it's amazing. And they were, he was <laughs> talking about, amazing. I know, right? it's incredible. Um, just the heresies that were being thrown out at mm-hmm. the Christians. And, and one of them was, you know, just the fact that they're cannibals cause they eat the flesh of mm-hmm. their God mm-hmm. and, and that sort of thing. And that was like a hundred AD, you know, and it's like, it's always all the way back then. And then the other thing that has, um, kind of deepened my faith in, in the truth of the Eucharist is, um, in John chapter six, whenever Mm. Jesus says to eat my flesh, the Greek word that's used is to chew, to to gnaw, gnaw, to gnaw on my flesh. It's more and more, um, more and more, uh, kind of serious about it yeah and yeah. they walked away not because they didn't believe in jesus present in the eucharist they walked away because they could not wrap their brains right. around eating the flesh what of jesus was asking what them he to was do. saying yeah like that was like, such this a is too true much for me. statement yeah it was mm. too hard for them to receive yeah yeah because it went and, so much against what yeah and if, if you think about it like if he wasn't being literal Right. Then he would have said, wait, 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 I didn't mean seriously. Yeah, I was just back, you know. Come yeah, back. hold on. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. yeah. That was Come a symbol. Come back. back. Yeah. Come back. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was a lot of information <laughs> and a lot of depth. And I hope that it spurred a little bit of maybe a stirring in your heart towards um, the Lord and the Eucharist and, yeah. and researching or just opening your heart to say, Lord, I want to see you in the Eucharist. Yeah. I want to experience, experience you, encounter you, like help yeah. my unbelief. Yeah. Um, or just show me how I can deepen my devotion to you. Yeah. And um, yeah, like let it just be one step in the right direction yeah. towards being, the, towards this revival. Right. Yeah. And, and one, one little disclaimer there just that I want to add to that is that um, 
you're not always going to have the feels. Right. I was you, thinking yeah. that too. And you won't. Talking. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Like, yeah. There's some days where I'm just overcoming you know, mass. Yeah. I'm yes. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Right, right. Then but then there's, there's days, just another there's Sunday day. mass. This, yeah. is, right. this is my third Sunday mass today, you know, like, right. Yeah. And I'm celebrating and it, but it's still what it is. Right. right. It's like, absolutely. This is, I mean, it's analogous to family life. Some days family life is awesome. Yeah. And some days you're just like, all right, we gotta get to bed at three p.m. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> just need to go to bed right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, and if we rely too much on the feels, then we can mm. start to doubt too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can create yeah, a place of well, I used, I, had, I felt you last time, and I don't feel you today. Like yeah. that's that's yeah. not at all um, yeah. what I meant by that. I hope yeah. that didn't come across that no, way. It didn't. No, no, okay. no. Yeah, it, it didn't at all. It's just for me. I remember going through that journey when I came back into the church had all the feels. It was great. And then there came a point whenever it got real and it was, you know, I had to choose. Like, I do believe this. So I'm going to continue to act out on step out in faith and receive and knowing that grace has come from receiving the Mm -hmm. Lord. And, um, I want to be in full union with him in the Eucharist. And, and so I I just remember that point very poignantly in my journey. So, no, I think, I think that that's just, that's kind of the, that's what St. Paul's talking about when he says, um, you, you were fed with milk. And now mm, you're no, on I meat, right? Like yes. it takes time to get used. I mean, anyone who's weaned yeah. a baby knows this, like you got to like help them get off of milk. Got to mush up it, the bananas. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, it, but it takes time because yeah, you have to get used to it. And yeah. um, and uh, that's, it, it's more pleasing to God though, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the thing is like you, you saying um, yes to him in the darkness or in the, like the moment of, doubt like Mm -hmm. that's like a hugely meritorious act Mm -hmm. it's like loving your kid when they're not lovable yeah i mean that's a big deal that takes a lot more and it's not because you know it's just that's the way it works Mm -hmm. right um Mm -hmm. um, and we see that in our lord right we know that like god loved us before jesus came but when he came and died for us we like oh what this like provokes us to love him right yeah. because of the, the like the greatness of that act right yeah so mm-hmm. oh that's good that is good that's good reminds me of mother Teresa. she, she yeah. went through how many years of darkness yeah oh yeah like i just can't even imagine loving the way she did and serving the way she did with right. such desolation and, yeah. and distance from the lord i agree such yeah. an act of obedience yeah beautiful can i share one little aspect about the eucharist that i, I think is absolutely do. this is why we have you here um so one of the one of the things that is like a theological thing that I've I've always loved um, thinking about it was, is, since seminary is um, I, I got I got really interested in Aristotle's uh, idea about friendship. Okay, uh-huh. when I was in my first year of, of seminary, because it, it just like opened my eyes to what friendship was. Friendship is a sharing of a common good, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and one way that I think that it's is super helpful for me. Um, Aristotle says that friends dwell together. They dwell together. Mm-hmm. Not, not necessarily in the same house, but they like mm-hmm. they have a shared common good. Um, mm-hmm. And the, I, I'd like to suggest that we kind of meditate a little bit more, uh, especially during these days, on the fact that the, the Eucharist is the sacrament of friendship, right? Like it's the dwell, like oh. he comes and he dwells with us He, he and, and he allows us to share his own good, which is the vision of the Father, um, and 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 by making himself present on the altar, offering a sacrifice which draws us into friendship with him, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's such a it's a, it's so moving to me, right? Like every time, um, and I don't mean sentimentally moving, but like just thinking about it, like, mm-hmm. like God reached out in friendship to us. And he offers himself as a sacrifice to make it possible for us to do that. And then he continues to dwell with us in the Eucharist mm-hmm. so that we can encounter him and mm-hmm. we can walk with him and we can um, know his presence, right? Um, it's it's hard to be friends with someone who's far away. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know, you know he's there, right? Like, and that's just such a... Yeah. He didn't leave us abandoned. He did not leave us orphans. No. Oh, I love that so much. Well, and that intimacy piece that that Mm -hmm. creates. I think sometimes in, like, um, Protestant circles, you hear things like, I have a relationship with the Lord and and a friendship with God. And I fully believe 
like, he makes me laugh a lot. He's a funny guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got a good sense of humor. But I love the idea that the Eucharist is what draws that into us. Like, the deepening of a relationship if you actually have the chance to receive him into your body. Like, right. that's, that's such a beautiful way to look at it, of that friendship and that intimacy is yeah. is the greatest depth that can possibly be because mm-hmm. we are able to receive him in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's good. Mic Thank drop. you. Ma'am. Yeah, I know. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, let's end with what's God doing in your heart, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> shall we? Shall we? Uh, oh, Father Will, you may go first. What is uh, God doing go in your first. heart right what now? What is God doing in my heart? Um, well, let's see. What, what would I say right now? Uh, <laughs> the Lord is inviting me. Um, he's certainly inviting me to uh, greater humility and saying, like, yeah, I, I'm not um, I'm not 100, I'm not, like, 20 years old anymore my back was hurting the other day I'm 30 years old I know I'm young still but my back was hurting and I was like I don't know why my back was hurting you know what I mean like oh I know what you mean it's just like what happened like uh, you know I uh, you know just four years ago like I could you know be sore after working out but other than that like we're we're firing all all, uh, all cylinders and so I think there's a little bit of like hey Will yeah you know I love you and you don't have to go 100 miles an hour all the time um, <laughs> to, to – and I, I don't think I, I – I can fall into, um, you know, kind of a perfectionism of, mm. or like workaholism and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. But um, I think the Lord is just reminding me, hey, like, hey, mm-hmm. y- your relationship with me is more important. Um, mm. so, um, so that's an invitation right now, um, certainly from the Lord. Um, then also like – there's been a, a, a new vigor for kind of, uh, I need to love the ones that I've been uh, given more deeply, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, how, how am I, um, how am I serving? Like how am I being specific? And like, I can't, I can't do everything for everybody, but how am I like choosing and, and saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to go down this path. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say um, with like, young adults and, and stuff like that. Mm. How can we, how can we love mm. um, people well? Um, and then I would say uh, on kind of like the really joyful side, the Lord has put some awesome people into, into our life at the cathedral. We have a new staff member who's a former focus missionary oh, awesome. and she is just like awesome um, for the parish. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's good to, to share ministry there. And then um, uh, a good friend of mine just became the other parochial vicar. <gasps> Father Doug Jeffers and oh, um, wow, that's so great. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's a gift and um, yeah. so it's um it's a it's a real gift. Um, awesome. So I'm so excited for there. you. Yes, that's wonderful, Megan. What about you? Okay, so the Lord is really stirring this idea of sacrifice as love. I was just telling mm-hmm. Kendra about this before you came in, Father Will. And as you were talking, I had this like <gasps> moment. I didn't say anything out loud. Um, because I interrupt you, <laughs> but this this idea, um, I don't know that I can even articulate it yet. Mm-hmm. Like it's still yeah. very much stirring in my heart. And I think it's what the Lord is pressing on my heart to speak about next week. So mm-hmm. I better figure out how to articulate it <laughs> next week. But just this idea, I, I heard father Mike say on a podcast the other day that in the garden, when Eve was given he called it not a curse. He said it's not a curse that that Eve was given, but that Eve was told that she would have pain during childbirth and that she would have that basically that mothering would be difficult. Yeah. It would not be an easy task for her. And that that would go on for years to come. Um, that it was a remedy. Mm-hmm. A remedy to mm-hmm. allow sacrifice and suffering to be an act of love. Mm-hmm. And how it created in her a sense of like need for him because she was in such deep sacrifice and suffering and, and like motherhood just rips you open in a way that you've never yeah. experienced before. Right. Like it's just, it creates this act of love. Like I would lay down my life for these children and, and that that was actually a gift given to us by God in mm-hmm. that moment, which I thought was beautiful. And then the more it like progressed in my mind, it went through like marriage as a sacrifice and child, you know, rearing children as a sacrifice. And then how that leads back into Jesus on the cross as the greatest act of love. And then Jesus in the Eucharist and the Mm. sacrifice of mass Mm. as the greatest sacrifice and the, and the way that he's drawing us back to him. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. It's like yeah. this. Did that make sense? Uh, well, and how yeah. like almost like how we <laughs> live it out yeah. every single day. Yeah. This sacrifice yeah. of the Eucharist in our own hearts and in our own lives, mm. and that it's always calling us back to Him yeah. at I every turn. That. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. The cross is yeah. the one sacrifice. Yeah. The, the, the mass is the same sacrifice as the cross, right. and then you're called to live that in your yeah. life, right? right? Like the liturgy teaches you how to live. And like the breaking yeah. of the bread and the breaking of our own bodies and what that looks like for us and, and mm-hmm. how every single one of those little moments of being broken as a mother mm-hmm. has called me into deeper love for the Lord and mm-hmm. relationship with him that, that I wouldn't, I mean, that's what brought me to the Lord in the first place was yeah. I was pregnant for the first time, right? Yeah. Like that was that moment where he was able to access oh. my heart. And oh. I think that's why churches put so much on baptism preparation for parents mm-hmm. it's because it's mm-hmm. like this access point yeah. into this relationship of sacrifice and suffering yeah. and love. awesome megan is speaking <laughs> wednesday night oh, no. <laughs> Patrick's and i might say Hutto. something like that who knows <laughs> with a lot more details come come listen that's awesome thanks megan thanks. um okay so for me I've, i mentioned it a little bit but um so i fell in love with history in college mm. and that's one of the huge reasons why i came back to the church and um and so God has just been kind of like <laughs> satiating hard. my palate with um, just drawing me back into history and specifically mm. the church fathers and um, mm. the way the church was in the very early years mm-hmm. and um, and how it still is today. And it's just, it's just been so fun. And I know that it's just a sweet gift from God because he knows how much I love history. Um, so I've just... Yeah. And and the the thing is it's funny is that I have the worst memory ever. <laughs> well, my grandmother has a better memory than me. And so for me to sit here and think like why are you leading me this to this? You know, I'm not going to remember it, but it it's definitely just satiating my heart and my soul and I just keep telling my guardian angel like just help me to remember what I need to remember if I need to remember this in the future, you know, to recall it, but it's just been beautiful and insightful and yeah, I just want to like <laughs> scream. I love that so much, like in my bones, because I was the same way. I never, never knew that history was fun. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was boring and awful, and never learned a single thing until I became a history teacher at a classical <laughs> Catholic school. Yes, yeah. how God works. Because the I was their theology teacher. Yeah, because I can teach theology. I don't know how to teach history. And that year for high school, they had a combined course. It was history and theology together uh-huh. because it was so much church history yeah. and um, the Reformation and all these amazing saints. And I just fell madly in love yeah. with history that year. And God used that in such a way to further my faith. Mm. Like I cannot yeah. tell you how much I learned and grasped that year. Yeah. But then to go back and do the early church fathers, like that just it's makes like part like, two for me. <gasps> makes my right? heart yeah. skip a beat. Yeah. The thought of what yeah. he's going to do in your heart during that time. It's okay. really cool. And how okay. you will be able to then share that with others and use it as an evangelization tool. It's just amazing. Yay. I love having you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That was fun. Well, thank you so much, Father Will. You're welcome. Yes. Always such a blessing to get to visit with you. Likewise. Yeah. All right. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.